we're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Luke chapter 1, from verse 1 onwards. Inasmuch as many have taken... Yes, I'm recording. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus that you may know that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Now the first few verses that we read in the book of Luke talks about the certainty of the events that have been documented in this book of Luke through the Holy Spirit. That God has given His word through Luke to give that to not only to the governor, the ruler, Theophilus, but also to each one of us. All these have been written so that you may profit from it, I may profit from it, that we all may benefit from it, that God can speak to us through His living word. And not only that, all these are coming from people who actually saw, they were eyewitnesses to all the things that they saw Jesus do. So they were actually there. The people who God used in order for us to read these things were people who were actually there, who actually saw that and they said that we were there. This is what we saw. We saw blind eyes open. We saw lepers get healed and we saw, you know, the deaf here. We saw all these things happen. Now, God could have just had someone who never saw this to write, but there's a reason why God has these things documented because He wants us, all of us, to know His power. He wants all of us to also know that He is there and there are people who were there when Jesus Christ was walking on the face of the earth who really saw that and when people who are skeptical about the things that happened, they might also believe that these things really happened and they might believe in God Almighty. That these are not some stories, but these are real happenings that happened during the lifetime of Jesus that God wants us to know. And these are written by credible witnesses. Not somebody who just takes it and exaggerates it and then just writes. But these are people who are really, really credible. Who saw all these things. But out of all these people who saw all these things that happened, God chose one person called Luke to write the book of Luke through the Spirit of God. See, now there could be many people who are witnesses to witness the working of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. Like, say, 100 people would have seen, you know, 100 people's eyes open. 100 people could have seen, you know, 50 people's ears open. They could have, many people could have seen all these things. But God didn't choose all those people to write whatever they saw. No. But God chose one person called Luke to write what he heard to write what he received through the Holy Spirit for us, for Theophilus, for every human being on the face of the earth, to not only understand what happened, but to hear it the way God wants us to hear it. One look at all these people who was fully yielded to God, where his intellectual ability, where his own ideas, where his own emotions, where his senses 
and sensory organs were given over to God, where God was able to take all those and put to use, as opposed to someone who is full of themselves and, and use whatever God is showing them and do their own thing with it and mix human words and human will and human ability and human emotions and, and then some things that they saw, mix it together and give it. That's not what this is. Every word of God in the Bible is from God through people that God chooses who will not, who will not use their own abilities, their own senses. I mean, they use their hands to write. They use the language skill they know to write. But even without it, God is able to make anyone who is yielded to God to write, even if they don't know the language. I mean, if you can speak in tongues, you know, you can even write. If you can speak in tongues and interpret that, you can write it. So it's not a big thing for God. But the only thing that God is looking for is people who will be yielded to God. People who say, Lord, I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm not going to bring my two cents in. I'm not going to question and I'm not going to reason. And then I'm, going to, I'm not going to write saying that, okay, this happened because this. And you write your own analysis and your own input here. No, there's no place for that in the Bible. This is all written through the Spirit of God so that you and I can clearly hear directly what God is speaking to us. That's what God's Word is. That's what the Bible is all about. God is speaking to us. God is speaking to human beings like you and I. Even though God used Luke to write, out of all the people, Luke was one man who was yielded to God. It's an encouragement for you today. If you give yourself completely over to God and yield yourself to God, where you won't mix your own stuff with God's stuff, then God can use you. Those who completely abandon themselves to doing God's will will become a vessel, usable for the master. Because there's nothing of your stuff in there. It's all God's stuff there. It's very important for us to understand. God is looking for vessels that are totally yielded to God. When you have stuff for yourself, you want to keep it separate. Imagine you mix your stuff with everybody's stuff and then you'll be looking for it all the time. God is looking for people who keep themselves separate when it comes to holiness. Your eyes need to be consecrated to God. Your ears need to be consecrated to God. Your hands need to be consecrated to God. That means you don't curse with the mouth that is supposed to bless God. You don't use the eyes that God has given, if you want to see God, to see things that are filthy, that are not profitable. If you want to hear the voice of God, you don't use those ears to hear things that are displeasing to God, things that are not profitable, things that are vain, things that are unclean. Same thing with their hands, same thing with their feet. When you want to be used by God, you need to be a person who will keep yourself holy. Luke was such a person and God was able to use him. Now this is what he has written. This really, really happened. Now this is where God is taking us to. As an introduction, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us to let us know that you can be used by God like how Luke was. You can be dependable just like how Luke was. You can become a worthy vessel of honor just like how Luke was. You can. When you yield yourself to God, just like how Luke did, you can become a person worthy of God's great blessing. Now, what Luke wrote is not somewhere hidden in some corner. What God wrote through Luke is in the book of all books. And guess what? With Luke's name on it, the gospel according to Saint Luke. Is it worth giving yourself to, the do, to doing the will of God? Is it worth consecrating the members of your body to doing the will of God? Absolutely. First of all, where we're living here is really temporary. Before we know, this life will be over. People who are here today are not here anymore. So doing the will of God is the smartest thing to do. Because once our life on earth is over, 
What's going to matter is, did we do the will of God if we have to enter in? Secondly, those who really, really do the will of God 100% of the time will really be handpicked by God to make a permanent impression on earth and carry that with them to heaven. Because when you make a permanent impression on earth, mark this as the Spirit of the Lord wants you to, if you make a permanent impression on earth, the impressions that you make on earth is going to be eternal because it's going to be made on souls, on human beings. And souls are going to live forever. My soul is going to live forever. Your soul is going to live forever. Our souls are going to live forever. Our children's souls are going to live forever. So the impression that we make on earth will become a permanent impression. That's number one. Where it's going to live forever. All the souls that you touched through the Spirit of God working through you because you yielded the members of your body to God and God is working through you. All those souls, the impression that you made through the Spirit of God upon their lives, they're all going to be forever. What you've done in their life, it's like a stamp. It's going to stay forever. It's going to go with them to heaven. That's number one. And write this down as the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you to write it down. Secondly is, the impressions that you make on earth upon human beings are impressions that multiply or grow. It never stays the same way. So you make an impression, you make an impression on something, it's never going to be, you made an impression and that's it. The mold that you place over here, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be staying the same when it comes to spiritual life. On earth, you can make an impression and that impression can just stay. But in the spiritual realm, the impression that you make is an impression that is bound to multiply. It's bound to multiply. So, the impression that you make on earth, that means you giving up the worthless things for something far more glorious is going to make eternal impression on all those whom your life is going to come in contact with, number one, which is going to go with you to eternity. Secondly, it's going to multiply. So it's not going to stay with, say you made an impression on 50 people, so to speak. Because you really kept yourself, because you really let God work in and through your life. Say you touched 50 lives. I mean, 50 is like the like the minimum, 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 minimum. Because when God uses a person, it's going to touch countless lives. But just for example's sake, say 50. You touch 50 people's lives. And those 50 people are bound to touch each, at least 50 more. At least 50 more. Because every life that is going to live, that you made a solid impression on them, when I say impression, that's the mark of the Holy Spirit on them through you. What is going to happen when I say mark of the Holy Spirit on them through you is the working of God in their lives where the image of Christ is being formed through you to them upon them. And what is going to happen the image of Christ upon them is not going to just stay. That's going to use, that's going to cause them to form the image of Christ in other people. So at least 50 more from each person is going to transform the lives of so many people. And those people, one times 50 over here, times 50 here, they're all going to each at least 50. This is like the example that I'm giving you today. How many times it's going to get multiplied? The ripple effect, it's going to be going to reach thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This is going to go follow you long after you're gone. This is worth living for. This is worth dying for. When you surrender yourself to the Lord, understand the eternal impact Whatever you're going to do on earth, when you learn how to control your eyes, your your mouth, your ears, your hands, your feet, and channel it in the right direction. It's very important. You need to channel it in the right direction. Your mouth is a powerhouse that can cause fire, the Bible says. But if the Holy Spirit touches it, it becomes a whole different thing. But as it is, it has a powerful capacity because we are made in the image of God. Our hands, our feet can do 
a lot of things. It can do damage or it can actually build. But what are we building for? Who are we building for? When you're going to build towards eternity, it's going to last. A lot of people will think, where can I invest? Where can I invest? But when it comes to their soul, they don't think, where can I invest? How can I invest? Doing the will of God is the best thing you can do for yourself and for your generation. Because life is so small, life is so short, you're just passing through. Before you know, it'll be over. But if I yield my body to God Almighty, whatever God has given to me, I'm going to channel it in the right way. I'm going to use all the force in the right direction. I'm going to use my faith on the right thing. Because God has given us so much. Your speech, your thought, your faith, instead of placing on negative stuff, you place on the word of God. Instead of using your mouth for wrong things, you use it for the kingdom of God. Instead of using your eyes for the wrong things, you're going to use it. Because you know what? Because you're driven to do something all the time. But the drive has to be channeled into the right place, right direction. When that drive is channeled into the right direction, right place, it's bound to do something big because God will be behind everything and God will channel it. So it's important for us to know where we are going. If you know where I'm going, is going to be a dead end. How many of you are going to drive towards that road? If you know where you're going to go, is going to lead you to a bright place. How many of you are going to take that road? God's word has said it so clearly that to be carnally minded is death, dead end. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when I understand this is the road to life and that is the road to death, I have the power that God has given to me to really channel what I have in the right direction. Pull everything and put in the right direction. You know, when water is wasted, you have the water coming and it's all wasted going in one direction. Oh, it's all wasted. What do you actually do or what should you do? You need to really channel it towards a field where you have the need for water, where the crops can grow. Or you channel it to a place where you store water, where people can get water. That's how our energy is. That's how our thinking is. That's how our capacity is. That's how our talents are. God has put into us. We can waste our life away or we can channel it in the right place. Reserve it for the master's use and let God take it and put it to use. And you can become like Luke. You can become like Luke who was used by God. And you know how much... Um, blessing and reward Luke has being this mighty servant of God who is used by God to write this and not only does this book of Luke has Luke's name in it not only is his name in heaven in the Lamb's book of life not only is he in heaven and God has rewarded him for all that he had done but he has the continuous reward that is coming. You know, like how people invest, you know, they are shareholders or, you know, they invest in some company and they sit while they keep getting the profit that comes from the profit of the company. This is far greater than that. Luke did the will of God. He sacrificed and he followed God and he did what he had to do and that's the best life to live. But you know what? Long after he's gone, when our lives are touched by the book of Luke, when our lives are drawn to God by the book of Luke, when God speaks to us by the book of Luke and we commit ourselves to God Almighty, guess where it's going to? Luke. Long after he's gone, the rewards are still continuing. All the people who will be touched by the book of Luke, by Luke's dedication in Luke's life, there is that multiplication. God is speaking to hearts today. What are you living for? We don't want to be someone who just is there today and is gone tomorrow. That'd be really bad because it's like the flower that is there today. People admire it, that's it, and it's gone, and that's it. No trace of it after that.
But you want to be someone who will make an impression in the lives of people. That the lives of those people who have been touched by God, they're going to be there at the same time. Their lives are going to touch many more people's lives. Long after we're gone, we'll have our works following us. Long after we are gone. It'll continue and continue and continue and continue and continue long after we are gone. Until the day we receive our ultimate reward. When everything on this world is over. That everyone either goes to heaven or to hell and everything is over. No more earth. No more this earth. Until then, whoever is going to hear the gospel of Luke and give themselves over to God and are touched by the gospel of Luke. Luke is going to have a share in that. May our lives be like that. Is it worth it? Other people who lived during the lifetime of Luke would have had a comfortable life and they would have slept good and they could have eaten good and whatever it is. But Luke's life was different. Luke was traveling. Luke's mind was on getting people to God. Luke was somebody who was fasting and praying and seeking God and wanted others to come to Christ. He was not living for this world, but he was living to get the people out of darkness into light, and his whole mind was on eternity, where we're going through. There's just a place that God has given to us. God blesses us on this side of eternity with whatever we need. Like we heard a few days ago, God gives us the best things and gives us everything that we need in order to glorify Him, in order to be a bright light for Him. We're His people. He's not going to give us anything less. When we walk with Him, He's going to bless us beyond our understanding. However, that shouldn't be our main focus. Our main focus has to be, Lord, I want to be somebody who so yielded to you that my life will make an impression on those whom I come in contact with. That through my life, through the Spirit of God working through my life, touching their lives, their lives should touch other people through the Spirit of God working in them. We need to be people of character. We need to be people who will believe God. Because we believe God, we should be willing to lay down our lives so that someone else can live. You know, when a fire comes to a building, there's someone who is running inside to rescue somebody in there. What are they doing at that point? They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the person who's inside. They're running inside at the same time. I want to address this as well. At the same time, they're also cautious, making sure that they're not getting burned. Because if they get burned and if they die, they can't rescue the other person who's inside. So they take caution to protect themselves and run as fast as they can, as quick as they can, and get the person and not run in the direction where the fire is, but run in the direction where they can safely exit out. That is the case of a believer. We make sure that we are walking right. We make sure that we are safe. We don't compromise integrity saying that I want to save somebody and go to a bar and sit over there. Saying that I'm trying to evangelize people in the bar. Jesus never did that and you shouldn't. I'm going to evangelize people and so I'm going to go sit in the movie theater with the popcorn. No. Satan will sit right next to you. We need to do God's work God's way. Then God will give us the power in order to accomplish His work His way. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So if we are going to be used by God, like how Luke was, we need to be yielded to God Almighty so that God can flow through us. 
Though many saw what Jesus did, though many can give a clear account of what Jesus did, but only one was a clear channel that God could use so that His word can go to me, to you, to people who were before me, and to those who will be after me. Your life can be like that. Our lives can be like that. When we become yielded vessel to God Almighty, we can become like Luke. We can become God's people who have a permanent impact in the lives of those who are here. And that impact will multiply. So what you're going to do is going to be permanent. That means what you're going to do for somebody here when it comes to giving them Jesus, it's going to come with them. It's going to come with you. It's going to come with them. And because of what you've done, that multiplies from their lives to those around them. And that's going to come with you too. It's going to come with them and it's going to come with you. May God help you to understand the worth of laying down your life. You keep yourself in, love, in the love of God. And you love others through Christ's love flowing through you. And as you love others through God's love flowing through you, God's love that's flowing through you will touch others and cause them to love those around them like how Jesus loved. See, God has not called us to just love our neighbor as ourselves, even though that's one of the Ten Commandments. But Jesus came and He said, but I'm giving you something even more. Love those around you, especially the household of faith, like how I have loved you. That's a superior love. How Jesus loves us, we should love those around us, especially the believers. That's how those who don't know Jesus will know that you belong to Him. That you are His people, that you belong to His family, because God is love. And when we love those around us with a pure heart, we show God and we show to this world that we belong to Him. If we are His children, then we should look like Him. He's love. There's no hatred. There's no covetousness, no bitterness in God. God is love. God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all. He's all holy, He's all good, He's all just, He's kind, He's all powerful. Our lives should be like Luke. Luke's life. Someone who was dedicated to God. Someone who was yielded to God. Who has made many, many, many permanent impressions on the lives of people. Which has been multiplied thousands and thousands of times. Our lives can become the same way. Where... God's work in us can make a permanent impression on those around us. And it can be multiplied. We saw from the book of Ruth the other day how Ruth's life made an impression on the workers who were there. And the workers told the owner of the field, Boaz, all the good things that she had done to Naomi. So you see, the permanent impression that a person can make in the lives of those. And God used that to build her a permanent home and she has a permanent name. And how many of us who read the book of Luke have been touched by God? How many messages have been preached? And how many multiplications have been taking place because of her life? And she has a lot of dividends that are coming. Her work follows after her. If someone would look at Ruth in heaven and they will ask her this question, Ruth, is it worth leaving Moab? Is it worth leaving your father's house? Is it worth leaving the birthplace that you are from? Is it worth going to a strange country? Is it worth going after that poor widow, mother-in-law? Is it worth giving up all those things? And she would say, yes. She would say, I have gained 
much more. What I gave up was like a speck or a drop in the ocean in comparison to what I have gained. This is what Jesus said, whoever leaves his father, mother, brother, sister, houses, lands, whatever it is, for my sake and for the gospel's sake, will receive father, mother, brother, houses, lands, whatever he's given up, a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. May God speak to our hearts today. Really, we're giving up that which is really not profitable. When it comes to wasting our time on frivolous things, wasting our time on things that does not matter, we must become wise stewards. How you invest your time, how are you going to invest your life, where are you going to invest? How is it going to multiply? And how it's going to be a blessing to God and to you and to your generation. May God bless us as we meditate on this. And a few more verses I want to go down here. Let's go to verse 5. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as, high, as priest before God in the order of his division, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy, with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I want to stop right here. As the Lord wants me to. Now you look at Zachariah's life. Zacharias was a man. Here, from verse 5 we read, Zacharias was a man who... Feared the Lord. Feared the Lord means it's not, it's not like he was, you know, trembling and shaking all the time every time he thought about God. No. It was this healthy fear. Like a healthy child and a healthy parent would have. That I'm not going to do this. If I do this, my mom will not like it or my dad will not like it. The respect they have and also the fear that has to be there, the consequence. When we are following God Almighty, we need to have that healthy reverence. Certain things we should not do. He followed the ordinances of God and all the commandments of God, him and his wife. And they lived a blameless life before God Almighty. In spite of all of this, they did not have a child. Because Elizabeth was barren. So there was a physical condition that was there in this couple where Elizabeth was barren. She was not able to conceive. Now they both were very old. There's no way Elizabeth can have a child. Now these are two people of God who sought God, who served God, and who did that which was pleasing to God. But all through their service to God, 
they're not getting what even people who are not righteous are getting, which is the privilege of having a child. People who look at them, they'll say, what's wrong with them? They must have done something wrong. Why is it? Because God had promised in the Old Testament that He'll bless the fruit of the womb. They should be having no barrenness. They should be having a child. What's wrong with these people? A lot of people would have had children all around them. They would have been wondering, they would have asked God, Lord, if there's anything wrong with this revealed to us, and they would have prayed, and do we do anything wrong, Lord? Do we have to change anything? They would have prayed all those stuff. And then they would have thought, we'll ask God. They would have prayed and prayed and prayed. But they didn't get the child that they were praying for, for a long time. Now, after they prayed and they stopped praying, because they got old, they said, okay, maybe it's not God's will. We don't know why, but we know God is good. If He's not giving it, then there must be a reason. That's how they took it, because they never blamed God. So they believed God, they prayed. They prayed, and after that, because it didn't happen, they said, okay, maybe for some reason we're not having a child. Now we're old, it's not going to happen, but that's okay. We still say God is good. And Elizabeth still was doing the right thing before God. And Zacharias was still going and serving God. So far, good. It was because of his integrity and because of him serving God, there was no hindrance between him and God. God was able to bless him. Anytime God makes you wait, there's something big that's going to happen. Especially if you're serving God and if you're doing that which is right before God and God makes you wait and everybody's wondering, what's happening? Why is it taking so long? What's happening? Maybe it's not for them. Maybe it's not going to happen. Elizabeth and Zacharias did not allow other people's comments and other people's remarks and how other people looked and how other people stared at them and what they spoke and nothing affected them. Nothing affected their spiritual lives. They were still following God. Very strong, righteous children of God, servants of God. Nothing touched their faith. They kept going. Even though they didn't get what they prayed for. They still continued going. Because they were upright before God, God was able to bless them according to His plan. He knew these two are very righteous. They will go through the reproach and they will go through the path that I have for them because there's something far greater that's coming. That their child has to be born. Six months before, the Messiah is going to come. This child has to go and prepare the way before Jesus is going to minister. So in order for that to happen, this couple had to go through childlessness for a long time. In order for something big that was going to happen, in order for a prophet to be born, the parents had to go through a period of reproach, a period of tears, a period of why, not able to understand, but still trusting God. Is anything wrong with me? Did I do anything wrong? Do we do anything wrong? No. And praying and asking God, but still trusting God. Then after some time, the prayers appear to be not answered by God. So maybe... For some reason, you're all wise, Lord. Maybe you're not giving. Maybe it's not your will. Maybe, maybe, maybe if we have a child, maybe we won't raise him properly. We don't know why, we, but we just accept your will, God. And we will still serve you no matter what. And they were upright before God. They didn't let no one's words, they didn't let anything keep them from being faithful to God. It did not touch their relationship with God. Something that we must understand. No matter what happens in our lives, whether we get something or we don't get something, it should not affect our faith. Because we know who God is. 
whether we get a blessing or we don't get a blessing, it should not affect our walk with God, the way we serve God, the joy that God has given to us. No matter who says what, Satan can use a thousand different people to try to push you down. But if your eyes are on God and if you know who God is, that's not going to push you down. If your eyes are on material things, if you're going after God for material things, then when you don't get the material things, you're going to leave God. But if you're going after God for who He is, even if you don't get what you're expecting, you will still continue to go after Him. That's when you're going to get something far better than what you were looking for. Because God is never going to disappoint anyone, you see. God is never going to disappoint anyone who is looking to Him, who is faithful to Him. He'll always bless them in an exceeding abundant way. So you look at Zechariah's life. He was someone who was upright before God and he was serving God. And even though he didn't get what he asked God for, he was not asking for some um, huge palace, then I want to become the king. And No, he was asking for some basic stuff. That they got married and he wanted a child. But he didn't get it. Is it because God is bad? No, because God was going to give him a prophet. God was going to give him a child that is not like any other child during his lifetime. Where this child would be so different. This child would be so powerful that this child would shake the kings and kingdoms. A powerful child. This child would be a forerunner to the Messiah. A supernatural child. Also, if we trust God and wait on God and follow Him for who He is and simply not for what He can give, then God Himself will visit us. Supernatural encounters God will give. That's what happened to Zacharias. It's not that Zacharias and Elizabeth were old and suddenly one day Elizabeth got pregnant. No, it, doesn't, it didn't happen like that. God sent the angel, the angel Gabriel, with an announcement. Zacharias is seeing the angel for the first time. A heavenly being coming right in front of him. And he's talking to him. And he says, I came from the presence of God. The angel who was standing before God Almighty, carrying the message from God Almighty. Look how powerful he would have been. Think about that. He's coming directly from the presence of God, carrying the message of God, which has the blessing for him and for his wife. Answer to his prayer. Always remember, no matter how long it takes, if you place your prayer request before God and you prayed by faith, he will answer you. Our God will answer you. He will answer you because our God is the God who answers prayer. So, even if it delays, remember, it was something far greater. When there's a delay, he will do something above and beyond what you can understand. Not only the blessing itself that you've asked for, but it'll come in a supernatural way, in a grand way. Where the angel Gabriel came to Zacharias and he spoke to him, saying that, Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. God heard your prayers, and here is the answer. Here is the answer. If you believe in God, and if you pray to Him, asking God for something, know that you will receive. I'm going to read the scripture that the Spirit of the Lord is bringing to me, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, we're going to go into prayer. It is important for us to understand that whatever we ask God for, when we ask Him, we have to believe that when we ask Him, He has given it to us. We've received it. Now, Elizabeth and Zacharias asked God for a child long time ago. When they asked Him, their prayers were heard. But the answer came at a different time. Why? Because God had a calendar and God was going to give them a child that is like no other. God was going to give them a prophet. You know why? Because they walked before God 
with such integrity, he's not going to give them any child. They are part of God's plan. This is a prophecy God is speaking to this hour. When you are part of God's plan, there's something glorious that is going to happen. And when it's always part of God's plan, it works out in a way where it doesn't happen according to how you think. Because it's coming from God Almighty. It comes in a grand package. You know, you may be thinking, UPS is going to come, FedEx is going to come. But God sends it in a golden package to the hands of an angel. Big difference. When you have faith in God and when you're walking blamelessly like how Elizabeth and Zacharias did, what God has promised and what you have asked from God will be answered and it will come in a grand way from the hands of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. According to his time, not according to your time. According to his time. Every word God has spoken shall come to pass. Not according to your time, but according to his time. But it will happen. It happened for Elizabeth and Zacharias. But this child came and gave such joy. And Elizabeth was old. She'd have thought, I never thought I would have this child. I thought that I was going to die without having a child. I even thought that it was not God's will and maybe even if I don't have it, I'll still thank Him. But I never thought that God would give it to me at this age. God fulfilled my desire. God gave me what I asked from Him. Our God is very faithful. Our God is a prayer-hearing God and a prayer-answering God. Every prayer that you pray, when you pray with faith, know that our God hears and our God answers. It may not come according to the way that you think, but it'll come. Definitely it'll come. Let me give you the scripture that Jesus said. And and there's another scripture that the Spirit of the Lord is bringing to me is the vision that God gives, it's for a season. It will happen. You need to just wait for it. And it may appear like it's taking time, but it won't take time. Because when God's time comes, it'll happen. Mark eleven twenty four, Matthew 21, 22. So let's read Matthew 21, 22 first. If you believe... You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Write this down. Who do you ask? You need to ask God. You need to ask in Jesus' name. Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. KJV, I read. New King James Version. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. If you believe with faith in your heart, that I'm asking God Almighty and He will answer me, then He will answer you. You will receive it. You will receive it. When and how is up to God and He will do it in His best way. Thank God He doesn't do it according to our way. Others will be getting a smaller UPS package. Thank God He does it royally because He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you ask Him, and you ask Him in faith, not you just ask Him and you'll receive, no. When you ask Him, you must ask Him in faith, which is, you ask without doubting. You ask fully believing that He has heard me, and He has answered me, and He will give it to me. When you have that faith, He said, it'll be done for you. You will definitely receive it. Now, let me give you one more scripture, Mark 11 24, 
Mark 11:24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believing that you have received it, and it will be yours. I want to read New King James. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That means when you ask God in prayer about something, you say, Lord, I believe that you will do it for me. For example, salvation of your child or healing for something or a financial breakthrough, whatever it is. You're asking God, you're not just asking frivolous things, but you're really asking for important things. I mean, God answers even small desires of ours. We say, Lord, I want this. And if it's a very small thing, even small desires, God answers. God's word says he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. So people who are really faithful to him, even before they pray, small desires they have, even the slightest thing. That you think in your mind, I feel like, you know, I want to have this today. God answers those things. Our God loves us very much. And when we are faithful to him, he gives to us what we need and what we desire. That's who our God is. When we come to him in prayer and we ask him for something, we must believe when we ask him that he will give it to us. We saw this the other day, how Ruth went to the field expecting to find favor. It's very important because we will receive what we believe. We will receive what we believe. There is a message on our website. Um, I think it's called, what do you hope for or what you hope for? Something like that. It's a good message, you know, for everyone to hear. Because based on who we put our faith and how we trust God is how we're going to see the results that come from God. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very important. If he says that if you believe and you ask him with faith, you will receive. Let me tell you this. You will receive. You know why? Because Jesus said, He has promised, if you really believe, you will receive. You can't be doing drugs, drinking alcohol, watching pornography, cursing, arguing, throwing stuff in the house, plates flying, Anger, punching the wall, jealousy, bitterness, and watching TV all the time, and then go and say, God, I want this, you know, I want this, and uh, pray and say, I believe that you will give it, and walk away and thinking that it will happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is for his people. Elizabeth and Zacharias received what they asked God for because they believed in God, and therefore they lived a righteous life. And because of that, what they asked, God gave it to them. And this goes along with the scripture, which says, The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person produces great results. So when a righteous person fervently pray, it is effective and it will produce great results. These people, Elizabeth and Zacharias, were righteous before God. And they prayed. And God answered their prayers. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Whatever you're asking God for. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. According to the power that works in us. That means to what measure you let the Spirit of God work in you by yielding yourself to God, which takes us to... Luke 1, the first portion, how Luke lived, according to that measure, how you believe God and how you live live before God and how you yield the members of your body to God Almighty, His power will work in you according to that measure. And according to that measure, will you exceeding abundantly will happen according to what you ask God. 
So if you want God to do great and mighty things in your life, and if you want to be someone who really make permanent impressions on souls, on people, because the souls are going to live forever. And if you want to see multiplication taking place, when those permanent impressions are made, you must yield the members of your bodies as living sacrifice to God. Which means, do the right thing with your eyes, with your ears, with your nose, with your mouth. Give it all to Jesus and say, Lord, what you tell me, I will do. What you want me to see, that's what I'll see. What you want me to talk, that's what I'll talk. What you want me to listen, that's what I'll listen. What you want me to do with my hands, that's what I will do. God will do great and mighty things in your life. You will have eternal inheritance in heaven and great blessings on earth. As Jesus said, and whatever you ask, God will give it to you. When you ask in faith, with a life that shows that you believe in Him, you will have that. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba Father. We praise you, 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 Jesus. We're going to take some time in the presence of the Lord and we're going to pray. Right now it's 8.51. It's close to... Yeah, it is 51. Close to 9. But we're going to take some time in the presence of God and we're going to pray. What we do with what God has given to us matters. When we understand how temporary a life is, when we understand what matters the most and go after what matters the most, we're going to gain. We're going to gain in a great way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take a few moments in the presence of God. And pray. Just dedicate yourself, rededicate yourself to God Almighty. And say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow. In endless praise, let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Oh. God, take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Take my life, my Lord, I pour at Thy feet, at Thy feet. At thy feet, O Lord. I give my all to you, Jesus. Tell the Lord. I just pour out myself at your feet at this hour. Thank you, Jesus. Not my will, let thine be done. I give myself as living sacrifice. Holy holy to you. Lay down my rights, take up my cross, Lord, I'll follow, follow you. In life and in death, I'll only follow you. Not my will, let thine be done. I give my all to you. I give my all to you, Lord. 
Jesus, I give my all to you. I give my all to you. All to you, Lord. Jesus, I give my all to you. At this moment, tell the Lord, I give my all to you. I want to be a wise steward who will invest my life where it matters the most. I don't want to stand at the end of the day feeling like a fool, that I wasted it all. Thank you, Jesus. Live your life. Every moment. Every moment. Every part of your being given over to God. So that His Spirit may flow through you, that He may trust you like how He trusted Luke. To do only what He wants you to do, not your own thing. God doesn't want you to do your own thing in the name of Christ. God wants you to do what He wants you to do because... His ways are the best. You can't compromise on that. God is looking for people who will not dilute His words, who will not dilute His power, who will not mess up what He's doing. God is looking for trustworthy people. Thank you, Jesus. Give yourself over to the Lord at this hour. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be like Luke and so. I'm giving myself over to you, just like how Luke gave himself over to you. I want to have an eternal impact in the lives of others. So Lord, work in me. Tell the Lord, work in me. Work in me. Your cup has to be full. Only then it can overflow. You have to be full, and it must overflow. Tell the Lord, Lord, I cleanse my cup. I'm cleaning my cup at this hour, Jesus, and I'm coming to you. Clean my cup, Lord. Wash me thoroughly clean, and I'm giving myself over to you. And I'm going to do everything it takes to keep myself pure, so that you can pour your spirit into this vessel. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I come before your throne of grace. I bring your people before you, Lord. I thank you for what you have accomplished during these eight days of fasting and prayer. You have done much, Father, I know. You have been doing something new every single day. Thank you, Lord. Your ways are so marvelous. Your thoughts are so glorious. Oh, Father, your path is so victorious. Hallelujah. We're so tiny. You still love us. And you have taken us. You brought us into this royal path, oh Lord. So that we can not only be blessed by you, but be a blessing to you and to those around us, Father. Eternal impact even long after we are gone. The work of the Holy Spirit that was accomplished through us will continue to work, O oh Father, through the works that we have worked through the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give a few minutes for each one of you. Take some time in the presence of God. I'm going to be praying for all of you as the Holy Spirit leads. But before that, there has to be a commitment to God. You don't have to pray a long prayer. We don't have time. Just from the bottom of your heart, wherever you are, commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. And tell God, Lord, I'm just giving myself to you. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my life. I want to live my life giving my everything to you, Lord, so that you can work in me. I don't want to have any hindrance. I don't want to have any hindrance in my life. I simply want to do what you've called me to do. Jesus. Jesus.
Tell God that wherever you are, just with what God has spoken to you in this hour, just pray. Pray wherever you are, just pray. Take a few moments in the presence of God and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell the Lord, touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Tell God, touch me. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Tell the Lord, touch me, touch me, touch me. I'm giving my self to you. I'm giving my eyes to you. I'm giving my ears to you. Tell the Lord, touch me, Jesus. I'm giving myself over to you. Don't just say simply just to say it. Mean it with all your heart. Thank you, Lord. On this eighth day of fasting and prayer, let God do a significant work in your life. Let God do a significant work in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to mute myself as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. Just take one minute, one, one and a half minutes, two minutes maximum. Just pour yourself before the Lord. That's enough. Mean it before God and just give yourself over to the Lord. And tell God, Lord, I'm just laying myself to you today, Lord. I'm just giving myself over to you fully, Jesus. Whatever, whatever way, in whatever way you want to express that to God. God is not looking for eloquent speech. God is not looking for some kind of uh, experienced prayer. God is just looking for your heart to be open before Him and just tell the Lord, Lord, here I am. No more, no more. No more doing my own thing. No more mixing my thing with whatever you are telling and doing it according to my way. I'm just giving myself over to you, Jesus. Take over me. Just take a minute, minute and a half, two minutes and just pour out yourself before God. Let the Lord hear you and do a deeper work in you and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. 